Talking with T-Bird is back here during Millennials versus Gen X week on Rob Has a Podcast. And today we're going to be uh, talking with uh, one of the stars from the season, a millennial, in fact. It is going to be Michaela Bradshaw. Very excited to talk to her, two-time survivor, joining us here on the Talking with T-Bird. And of course, uh, the woman who tracks down the survivors, the great Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Good afternoon, Robin. How are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, how are you, T-Bird? <laughs> I'm doing great. Yes. I'm doing great. Michaela Bradshaw, it makes me smile. Just watching, you know, her gifts of Michaela and so many one-liners and two-liners that yes. she said that are classic survivor lines that she is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a lot of fun with her today. T-Bird, the generations on Survivor have come full circle because I remember when I watched in Survivor Africa, your buddy Dr. Carl was like, these Gen Xers are a bunch of lazy kids that they don't do anything. And then they grew up to be, say, these millennials are a bunch of lazy kids who don't do anything. All right. I know it. You're absolutely right. Now, I got a question for you. Just just to see. You're going to know this. Can you tell me the time frame or the age, the year? That the Gen X's Gen Xers were born, and the years the Millennials were born. You don't have to be exactly right. Oh, um, the actual years. I don't know. What is it like? Nineteen sixty-five to nineteen, like uh, eighty for Gen X. That's pretty close. All what, right. What do you so, have? so nineteen sixty-three to nineteen eighty-two. Eighty-two oh, Gen okay. Xers. All right. Yes, that's very generous. Forget 19, yeah. All right, for, forget 1983. That's not even in the running. So and then millennials are, what do you think millennials are? Born? Remember, I gave you a clue. Forget 19. Well, okay, forget well, I guess 19, 1984 to 1999? We did an amazing podcast. Is this a complaint? Yeah. Well, no, it's not a complaint. It's just an observation. Okay. So we did, we did, the last one we did was with Shane Shane Powers. Shane Powers, yes. Great, amazing Shane Powers. And I think during the whole podcast, I was talking about, I'm saying it slow, Sari. Yes. Sari a lot because they're really good friends and Sari's amazing. And I know Michaela got close with Sari during Game Changers. So I have to mention that after we did the podcast with, with Shane and it posted, Randy mm-hmm. Bailey, Randy yes. Bailey, who I love dearly, and he will he doesn't hold back a thing. And that's that's why I love him so much. One of the reasons. He sent me a text and he said, T-Bird, it's not 
Siri. It's Siri. So apparently I said Siri about the whole time and nobody corrected me except after the fact. Randy Bailey wanted to set me straight on that. So I just wanted to say, I told Randy, I'm like, Randy, I can't believe Rob or Shane or nobody corrected me on that, on the great Siri. Nobody did. I was calling her Siri. So anyway, I just wanted to mention yeah. that. Pe- um, I guess people are listening to people are listening. Randy Bailey's listening. Yeah, just, nobody uh, else. We know who you're talking about. We all know Siri. So that's that's fine. Siri. Okay. Siri. Well, yeah. I was a little embarrassed. And I said, Rand- and Randy's good friends with her. I said, please let her know. No disrespect at all. Just mm-hmm. consider the source. Yeah. So yeah. there it was on that. Okay. So anyway. Hey, Rob, let me ask you this. I know Big Brother started up. Is, is it still the same casting people that that, that do no. Big Brother and Survivor? No, well, it hasn't been the same people that do Survivor and Big Brother for a very long time. Uh, but it's actually really? a different a different person who ran the Big Brother casting for this season. Well, I don't know who it is, but they did a phenomenal job, fantastic mm-hmm. cast. But they're not. I was wondering if it was the same. Do you think they still recruit people back and forth from like they did with Amazing Race to Big Brother? To Survivor, do you think they still move people around like that? I mean, potentially. Like, I do think that there are some like executives, but I think it's different casting teams uh, across the board. So I think that's actually less common now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was you wondering know. about that. I knew you'd know. Yes, and as we're going to hear with Michaela, there's some overlap between uh, Lynn Spillman used to cast Survivor and Amazing Race, but that's not the case anymore. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was wondering if uh, it was the same. So. All right. Well, we're going to hear from Michaela in just a moment. But first, let me go ahead and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast because we're talking with T-Bird. So it's a great time to talk about all birds. Keep things light and breezy with the All Birds Tree Runner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S. Dot com. Uh, I'm wearing my Allbirds uh, Tree Runners right now uh, that I don't do a lot of running. They're just such a comfortable shoe that I love to wear them around the house. But it's nice to know that I could be out there running because uh, they are so comfortable. I can imagine running and it would be like I probably be ready to run a marathon. I just love them. Uh, they're like uh, nice and cool uh, shoes to wear around during the summer. You know, they're made from sustainable, natural materials that feel light on my feet. They're better for the planet, too. They're made from breathable, machine-washable fabric that is made with responsibly sourced eucalyptus tree fiber. It's a simple and a versatile design that it makes the tree runner a perfect uh, to-go shoe for any outfit. You know how I uh, like to plan my outfits, T-Bird. Hey, slow down, Lightness. Slow down a minute. T-Bird needs some Allbirds. I need to check these out. (laughs) I'm a runner. Yeah. I, I gotta have these tree runners. You are. I love that I know. you, you said are. they're light. Yes, they're lightweight. Yes. I love to run in lightweight shoes. So yeah. T Bird has to try the Allbirds. It's got to happen. Uh, lightweight shoes with packaging made from 90% recycled cardboard. That's a shoe box, a shopping bag, and a mailer all in one. So there's not a lot of waste. The tree runner is carbon neutral thanks to sustainable practices like using natural materials and purchasing carbon offsets. And Allbirds. They are dedicated to reducing environmental impact since day one. From operation to production, they treat the planet like a key stakeholder in the company. They are certified as a public benefit corporation. So it's a great company. It's a great shoe. 
you're going to love it too. You're going to get out there and uh, be uh, running all over the place uh, this summer. So keep things light and breezy with the Allbirds Tree Runner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. All right, T-Bird, are you ready to talk to Michaela? Oh, yes, indeed. Let's bring Michaela in here right now. All right, here we go. Okay. Our guest today from Fort Worth, Texas, played on season 33, Millennials versus Gen X, and was an immediate standout and fan favorite. She was blindsided and voted out, just missing the merge for being a challenge beast and for her seashell strategy. But she would be brought back the very next season for Game Changers. It all started when she got lost in Portugal on a study abroad trip, and the idea of the amazing race came to her. But... Cassie had another plan for this athletic, passionate, sassy, loyal, outspoken, trusting, straight shooter, and it was Survivor. She was wiser than her 25 years, describing herself as intelligent, fun, and competitive, saying she was an old school player playing in a new school era. She played the game the way she lived her life, the way her hero, her godfather, taught her, confidently doing her best telling the truth, and not afraid of making mistakes. She had worked two to three jobs while in college, paid off her student debt while graduating magna cum laude, always keeping her eyes open for opportunities, always with a strategic plan. She slept in her car for a month and a half during February and March in preparation of sleeping in a weird environment because Survivor would be, quote, opportunity cost, end quote. She played back-to-back seasons with only a week and a half break between the two and saying before Game Changers, quote, I'm having a mental breakdown. I'm not manipulative. Why am I out here? This is too much for me, end quote. She would make it to day 35 when a last-minute scramble at Tribal, including a vote-steal advantage, would cost her the game. And she will tell you that although only winning would have completed her business model, she was fortunate to give her mom an experience of a lifetime during the family visit on Game Changers at the expense of her trauma, starvation, and struggle, of course, she said. She is intense, saying, quote, I know I'm a pretty intense person. Steve Jobs was pretty intense. Michael Jordan is pretty intense. Michaela Bradshaw is pretty intense. And that's what makes us winners. Before playing Survivor, she was open, a transparent person by nature. After the game, she suffered from anxiety. But she also said she became more compassionate and sensitive to those who struggle psychologically, including people on the streets and those that are homeless. Her advice to those who want to play Survivor in true Michaela form, quote, don't be smart, don't be athletic, don't be loud, lay low, just be hopeless, be quiet, end quote. She has said she would play it. She has she has said she would play again. Let me turn 35 first, buff myself. I'm a little rough around the edges. I need to calm down. I introduce to you the now 30-year-old impressive woman pursuing an MBA who is always developing herself and doing it with a sense of humor we have come to expect in true Michaela style, the one and only Michaela Bradshaw. Yes. <laughs> wow. That was an uh, amazing introduction. You like read my whole life. So um, thank you. Shoot. I'm going to have to like listen to this back and, and write down everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, 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 was, that, does. Uh, that was 
That was epic. Yes. Michaela, how are you? Michaela. I'm doing well. Look, I can tell you, it didn't take me to 35. I've, I've found some chill. Mm-hmm. I found just a little bit of it. I've met you. I met you one time. Um, I met you at Davies premiere here in Atlanta. Yeah. I was, so ex- I was so excited to meet you. I was, I was really excited. And I remember, I thought we got off to a really good start. And I thought, okay, this is good. And then a little bit later in the evening, I stepped on your foot with my high heel stiletto shoes. Oh, no. And the look you gave me, the look you gave me, I thought, <laughs> well, that's, that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was priceless. It was priceless. Yeah. <laughs> look, I remember meeting you and thinking, all was great. I don't remember you stepping on my foot, though. So that might have been an automatic reaction. But just so oh, you're, you're good in my book. I feel sure it's automatic reaction. It was Michaela look perfect. It was perfect. And I want to let everybody know, Rob, that this is happening today because Michaela has a unbelievable agent. So if anybody's looking for a really good agent, Davey Rickenbacker from David versus Goliath helped pull this together. Yes. He he's a he's a sassy. He is a don't let his beautiful smile fool you. He's a savvy negotiator. Yes. He's shrewd, but he's and he's not just good but looks. Well worth it. So, yeah. That's right. Yes. This this has cost me a lot of fire tokens, Michaela. <laughs> getting you today through Davey. <laughs> Telling you. Oh, Davey's charging now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Michaela, <laughs> so this week on the podcast, you know, we're counting down all of the seasons and uh, we uh, watched Millennials versus Gen X. It came in as uh, voted the 12th best season of Survivor. And uh, a, a lot of us uh, went back and watched the season this week. And uh, I think that uh, some of us, uh, myself included, uh, you know, forgot uh, just how incredible you are. During your run on uh, Millennials versus Gen X, that uh, you are a huge part of the reason why I think people love that season. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it was something that were, I mean, obviously the producers must have seen it at the time because uh, they uh, brought you right back for the next season in, in Game Changers. Uh, how soon after. Millennials versus Gen X, did they approach you to come back for Game Changers? Was it after the season was over, or was it like while uh, the season was still going on? Oh, they they asked me like as soon as I walked out of Tribal Council, would, yeah. I, would I do it again? And, and um, it, my answer was absolutely not, like with, <laughs> with curse words involved. Yeah. Um, I was... I was livid and upset. And then they asked me again the very next day, because you do your little post-game interviews or what have you. And the answer was still no. And then we went on the pre-jury trip. And on the pre-jury trip, um, someone mentioned it again. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I feel like I can do better because I know what I did wrong. So, yeah. And it was one or two days after I said yeah to the 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 handler on the pre-jury trip i had a call from jeff and they were like all right um you'll be on the next season so it was it was that quick mm-hmm. <laughs> wow so michaela i mean do you think it was i mean clearly you were a challenge beast but do you think that seashell strategy is what jay and will noticed right off that they thought we've got to get her out of here 
He's way too smart uh, for us. Yeah, definitely on the back end, I learned that that was the nail in the coffin. I had no idea for the longest amount of time because I, I just don't think, I don't think in terms of I can't beat this person at the end. I think in terms of let us find a way to get to the end. And, um, you know, when I told some people about that on the, on the pre-jury trip and then even watching it back on TV and like seeing the fan reactions and then hearing from Jay himself, mm-hmm. um, they all confirmed like, Oh, you know, you, 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 you scared them with brain. Uh, so, yeah. you know, Michaela, do you feel like that that was that. really what, what it was or were the guys using that more as of an excuse that you saw their idol? Um, I do think the idol definitely played played into it, um, but I, I definitely, I definitely think showing them that I could see a way to the end of the game mm-hmm. was scary for them because they didn't necessarily want to see me at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idol thing, I think everybody knows I'm super trustworthy. So I don't, I don't think anybody had a question of whether I was going to tell anyone about the idol because that's just not how I move. I probably should move a little differently moving forward. But I think the, I think, I think really just them recognizing I had foresight um, to get somewhere that they didn't want me to be. That's what the nail in the coffin was. Can I also ask you about your plan for like, had you made the merge? Cause it is a really wild season that is uh, swinging, you know, uh, back and forth. What was your plan going to be to ultimately uh, get to the end? Were you thinking of going to the end with the four millennials that were from Ikabula? Yeah. Yeah. My, that was my plan to go to the end with them and to, to get rid of the people that would prevent me from going to the end with them. Because I knew everyone like Hannah had was very close to Zeke. Um, Jay was very close to Michelle and Taylor. Um, uh, what's his name? Will was, I don't know what Will was doing. Uh, he was just with, he was with a group that, mm-hmm. that I wasn't with when we were on the millennial team. So um, that's why in the seashell thing, I was saying, Hey, if we're for really trying to work together, then you, you, this is how you cut ties and also secure our way to the end. Uh, so that was my plan. Again, I learned, you know, you don't need to share, don't share plans, but also don't expect that people you aren't afraid of working with aren't afraid of working with you. And Michaela, I know that you said when you came off that season that in the spirit of friendly competition, you were not going to let anybody know that Jay had an idol. As time has gone on, do you think, you, do you wish you had done that, or are you still sticking with not being a woman scorned? Uh, no, I don't wish I would have done that. It's just, it's just not my style. Like, I can beat you. I want to find a way to beat you without, like, I want to beat you by me being better, not by me pulling you down. And uh, that makes it harder because, you know, if you just go slashing other people down, it, it's a lot easier to win. But I, I want to find a way to win. I don't know honorably and I, I don't feel like it's necessary to spread information about his idol because you know did he even use it correctly he didn't even use it correctly so you know no I, I don't i don't think that was my style Michaela, have you ever uh talked about uh if you had made the jury uh you're the uh last person to not make the jury in the season uh had you been there and you were tight with hannah uh would you have given her your vote for the final three 
Mm. And it was it was Hannah, Ken, and Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I know I know personally that Hannah actually did have a game and was maneuvering her own way. But I also can see how Adam grew over the course of the season. Like Adam from day one hitting the beach to Adam that was sitting at the final three, like that was so much progress. Adam got hit several times with like blindside here, blindside there, and found a way to be scrappy and use his resources and get to the end. So probably ultimately my vote still would have gone to Adam. However, um, I can still vote Adam while still highlighting some some good moves in Hannah's game as well. So mm-hmm. no knocks to Hannah for me at all. But I, I feel like my ultimate vote still would have went to Adam for the season. Michaela, I, I wanted to I did talk to Adam about you, and he told me of some uh, some fun stuff, and I'd like to share it with you, Rob. If that's okay, can I do that, Michaela? Please don't tease right, us, so T-Bird. This is this is from Adam Klein. He said, I distinctly remember her from casting final when she would be absolutely demolishing me on the treadmill next to me when I struggled <laughs> to even stay on it. And then when she and I were sitting by the pool and she was all bundled up, probably wondering why we had to be there when it was cold out, while Taylor and Ken dove for pennies in the even colder pool. She was an early target by some of our Millennium Beach but I never understood why. When I eventually went to her to fill her in and target someone else, she didn't believe me. She thought I looked sneaky, but eventually she learned I was telling the truth and we had a good thing going. I'll never forget when she's loudly whispered at me to vote Figgy during a challenge Mm -hmm. after the swap. And I was so looking forward to playing with her again after the merge. But my all-time favorite memory of Michaela from our time on Survivor was when she cooked the most delicious chicken I've ever had after some very <laughs> subpar after some very subpar rice and beans for days. And when she tasted it, she started what singing and dancing, singing. Taste like a little piece of that chicken. Taste a little piece of that chicken. <laughs> so then. Adam said we all started singing it while tasting a little piece of that chicken because that was pretty much all we got. That was from Adam. Oh, I love Adam. <laughs> so you thought Adam was sneaky out there. You didn't trust him. Uh, no, no. At the very beginning, no. And it's because he didn't talk to me. Um, he didn't talk to me. I could see. I could see that there was a divide in the millennial camp and. Um, Hannah was in the middle of that and, and Mari and Zeke and Adam were on one side and, you know, all the, you know, cute looking people were on the other side. And, and I was like, y'all are acting like y'all are all together, but I see y'all separate thing going on over here. And it just made me feel uncomfortable. And he didn't really come to talk to me until after, you know, we blindsided Mari and sent her out. And it's like, oh, this is, this is interesting that now you want to come talk to me now and think we're all buddy buddy in this together so um yeah no at the very beginning i wasn't sure but he looked me dead in my eyes and said, you have to believe me you can trust me and i told him like you i'm i'm hearing what you're saying and i i i get it but you just look really sneaky to me uh, <laughs> but anywho 
And that was the truth. That was the truth. It was like, you know, you just never know sometimes, especially when people don't talk to you for a while. But he made a game-changing move when he took the advice and voted Figgy because it, it shifted the dynamics in the game and it created some space for him, uh, particularly after the merge, to 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 navigate better because um, Figgy was a key member of that that little that little group, Michelle J, Figgy Taylor, Will situation. Yeah. That was just too many of them that were too close together. And then Michaela, when Figgy was gone, you seemed very excited. You said at that moment when it was revealed that Figgy was gone, you said, "Bye, Felicia." Bye, Felicia. Do you feel like was that part of the reason? Also, do you think that Jay might have wanted to turn on you that you were excited to see Figgy go out? Uh, you know that probably didn't make him feel happy because Figgy was probably part of his part of his plans. Um, and Figgy was definitely part of Taylor's plans, and Taylor was you know Jay's number one person. But um, I definitely think. You know, the millennials having the advantage and then flipping on themselves opened the door for that exact same thing to happen to me. So honestly, mm-hmm. I should have been a little bit smarter in the moment. Um, but I, I genuinely liked everybody on my tribe. And, and I just, I didn't want to see Sunday or Brett go home. And I was just trying to say, hey, just let's just make this as easy as possible. And I learned, like, you, you can't ever be passive in that game because the day that you're okay with anything is the day that you're going home. Yeah. So, Michaela, I know you mentioned, so you played, of course, Millennials versus Gen X, went right back to Game Changers. Nobody knew you, knew your game, knew your personality, knew anything. I know that you had said in Game Changers that you were talked down to by a few Mm -hmm. of the players, four or five of them. Did that happen to you the first time you played with Millennials versus Gen X that you remember? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. The feel and game changers was completely different. The energy from people was completely different. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely not. And Michaela, that's interesting because this is what I'm wondering now. And Rob, you can answer this because Rob, you've played twice and Michaela's played twice. You think people, when they get to play a second and third time, put themselves on a little bit higher pedestal and they think they're a little bit more maybe than they need to be thinking if they're not treating other people the way they should, especially, you know, what do y'all think about that? Yeah, well, that... For me to try to answer that question, you know, uh, that I played with everybody playing uh, their their second time, and even though that, like Michaela, I had played on a a more recent season, I think that Michaela has a a different experience considering that people didn't even know that she was a survivor when she's coming out there for a game changer season. Yeah, and, and I also think you know, one again, when people don't know who you are, like some people thought I was Jitia, and I was like, nope, wrong black girl. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but they don't know who you are they don't know why you're there and you know no i had no one to vouch for me except zeke and zeke was on a completely different tribe whereas like zeke and andrea knew each other so andrea could vouch for zeke uh mm-hmm. i don't know if she did but she could right yeah uh so that's one thing when you're completely unknown but the second thing is when you have people that are playing again and most of them didn't win Sometimes they, you know, they're bringing their insecurities, their failures, their, I got to do better than before, all this extra pressure 
that that they have, they're bringing that into the game. And me not having been a like super survivor buff, like I didn't know that much about these people, so I didn't know what their triggers were. Like I didn't know Troy Zan had a fear of getting to the end of the game with women. You know, like I I didn't I didn't know what people's issues were or the issues they had with each other. So, you know, I think it's just a lot of extra that people bring into the game when it's returning players, extra relationships, extra triggers, extra insecurities, etc. And then the flip side, when you have all new people, there's a shared excitement that you all have that's mm-hmm. just not necessarily there when it's returning players. So that's probably the main difference for the, you know, the different vibe during the season. Yeah, I really think that that's a good point, especially because I think that the millennial tribe, and, and I've talked about this as I think that the millennial tribe is one of the best tribes the show ever put together, that everybody seemed very excited to be there. And I think that in uh, these returning player seasons, everybody's excited to be on the show. But then I find that in a lot of the returning player seasons, people are pretty generally miserable the whole time that they're there. Like, why did I come back for this? Yeah. Uh, and, and not to mention, yeah, you know, that Game Changers happens to be a season where like, I don't know uh, if anybody is having fun uh, during Survivor Game Changers. <laughs> oh, good. At least it wasn't just me because uh, that was horrible most of the time. But mm-hmm. um, it was it was nice to do some of the challenges, but it sucks to be losing all the time. And just uh, some of the people I was like, ooh, we what do you do in real life? Because I don't see how you can be successful. Mm hmm. And well, Michaela, and I know you've been a challenge beast, but didn't they have you sit out a lot of the uh, challenges in Game Changers? Yes. Yeah, that was the funny thing. So, you know, it, it was so interesting. The first time I played, it was like, oh, Michaela's so scary. We can't beat her. We can't let her get to the merge. XYZ, I'm an OP. And Game Changers is like, oh, Michaela's lazy. She doesn't do anything. Oh, and she's not a help for the team. You you can't play and get picked last. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Yeah, why would it's they like, pick you last? Especially if they want to win these challenges. I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that was somebody's strategy. And, and also, I'm thinking too, like if if I if I have to be the sit out person, then I can never win. So maybe that was somebody's strategy, making sure that I never won, hmm. like never got to eat food because I was starving. <laughs> um, Maybe that's it. I I don't know, but hey. But Michaela, didn't you go into Game Changers? You were gonna play, you know, a slower game as far as your. You were gonna kind of lay low. Wasn't that your plan to do that? Yeah, the plan was not to stick out as too great to be, but I didn't expect like toning down a little. Like I did things like all right, the first challenge where you're throwing a ball and knocking some pins off or throwing a ring on something. Like, yeah, I can throw a ring and get it on the thing, but let me not be a part of throwing the last ring. Like, right. let's let Malcolm feel like he's going to win it for the team. It's like not being last so as I can't win the challenge for the team. That's the kind of stuff that I was planning to do, but just taking that one little step back was enough to throw me into the she's lazy and doesn't do anything pot. So, um, I, you know, hey, I can't complain, though. I, I got three days from a million dollars, but uh, it, it cost me all of my sanity. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we saw in this in that season that uh, you had a a really nice uh, bond with Sari, uh, who that that was a, a big part of the story in uh, the, the second half of the season. Uh, have you and Sari stayed close since you played in Game Changers? Yeah, we don't talk all the time or anything like that. But um, you know, I'm planning to go to New York, and if slash when I go, I'll definitely be seeing her. We we catch up with each other sometimes. If she ever has something big she's trying to do, I'll support. So she did a little holiday party thing, and I helped to put that together. Yeah. But no, Saria and I will have a bond for life. Um, she's amazing, and I'm I'm very grateful that she and Sandra were were on that season. I, there wasn't a lot shown of of me and Sandra, and we didn't really talk a ton, ton, ton. But the first half of the game. Having Sandra there was integral for me, and the second half of the game, having Sari there was integral for me too. So, um, hey, I got, I got those two positive relationships out of there, so I'm, I'm happy about now, that. Michaela, you went out at a really wild tribal council in Survivor Game Changers when Sari tries to use uh, Officer Sarah's uh, vote steal against her. Uh, and then there's the whole thing that happens with, oh, it's not transferable. If, if that works that <laughs> night, how, how does that season play out? So Sari was actually trying to use Sarah's advantage to get Ty out of the game. Yes. Um, cause she didn't trust Ty, but you know, if, if that would have worked, uh, let's see what would have happened. Ty had two idols, which I didn't know about. So yeah. two idols would have been back, put back in play, which would have been great. Um, there would be no chance of a Ty and Aubrey. So Aubrey would be isolated, which would have been great. Um, but that probably would have isolated myself and Sari mm-hmm. as well, because they assume whatever Sari's doing, I'm I'm involved with it, and that just means that Troy, Zan, uh, Brad, and Sarah would have probably been the ones getting to the end of the game, unless I could have won the game. So you know, who knows? That's a toss up. So, um, so it would have been Brad exactly Sarah, the same. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been exactly the same. The only thing that would have changed is what I wanted to do, which is vote out Sarah that day. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. I didn't want to do that without Sari's blessing. Mm-hmm. And she she just was not against it. Everybody was like wrapped up in Sarah's lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's funny. Now that I played through that, it wouldn't have made any difference. It would have just given someone besides Ty the opportunity to have those items, which, you know, maybe that could have been me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you what what do you think of uh Sarah's game in uh in Game Changers? Because I know you vote for her in the end, but was that just an anti Brad yeah. vote or was it a pro Sarah vote? That vote was a you outwit, outplayed, and outlasted mm-hmm. vote. Um Sarah, you know, it's it, on the one hand, it's it's scary because Sarah's a police officer. And like these these skills of lying, manipulating all of this, you're saying you get that from your profession, but um, she did a damn good job at it. So, um, yeah, I can't, we we vote for who played the best game. Brad cannot, to this day, articulate what he did in the game. Like, you didn't get to know people. He, 
he won some immunities. Yeah, that's that's what he did. Mm-hmm. But when Sierra Don Thomas was in the game, Sierra was giving Brad direction. And when she left, Brad was needed to win in order to stay. And that's that's pretty much what he did. When Monica came for the loved one visit, she gave him direction. You know, I, I just I can't I don't know what Brad would have done to earn my vote. I didn't see. I didn't see what he did. But I could see what Sarah did. So yeah. How did you like her game in Winners at War, Michaela? Um And you also played with Tony. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Tony won Winners at War. Sarah Sarah ended up getting Fourth. voted out or she had to make the fire. She had to make the fire against Tony. Yeah. Against Tony. No, they, they did well. Like, here's the thing. Sarah played Tony's game in Game Changers and won. Mm-hmm. And then they partnered together and made it very deep in, in another season together. So whatever these police officers are doing, yeah, it is great training for survivors. <laughs> yeah. I can just tell you that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you played with a lot of players in uh, Winners at War. You played with Tony and Sarah and Adam and Sandra, but they didn't bring back JT. Should J- JT have come back for Winners at War? I think JT is a little unstable and he needs to stay at home and just get himself together. <laughs> so. All right. So, Michaela. <laughs> so you did a lot of you did a lot of preparations before Millennials versus Gen X. So I, I mentioned in your in the opening that you slept in your car for a month and a half preparing yeah. for Survivor. Did yeah. that help you? Oh, absolutely. That's part of why I got called lazy in the in the second season because I could sleep so well. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell me yeah, about this. I mean, I've never I've never heard this before. So <laughs> you sleep in your car before you go on Survivor. Yeah, because here's the thing: like if you go from sleeping in a bed, yeah. And, you know, in a quiet environment, smells good, um, where you can, you're, you're in your own space yeah. and you can be calm and relaxed to just sleeping outside. Like, it's hard. Like, you hear sounds, it's dark, you can't see anything, there's other people, it's uncomfortable. So I was like, let me sleep in this car. Yeah. And it was cold. It was like, you know, th- that sticky feeling because yeah. the, the sun goes down and it's cold to Texas, the sun comes up. And then it's kind of hot. You know, it's like, oh, I have to pee in the morning. Where am I going to do this? Good question. Uh, it just makes you think. <laughs> yeah, it makes you think differently. Then there's like, okay, you park in a parking lot. Well, there's this light shining in all the mm-hmm. time. That's uncomfortable. There's the security patrol driving around. So you have to be like slightly alert. So a yeah. police officer doesn't come knocking on your window. It just, it, it helped me to make that adjustment. And I figured I'm not going to practice starving. Mm-hmm. So I'll practice sleeping. Well, that's smart because, but I, I feel like a lot of people do practice starving. I feel like that uh, there's other people. I feel like that Jeremy has talked about this of like, hey, I want to sort of start to eat less before I go on Survivor, so my body is uh, used oh, to that. No. But you're, but you're saying it's kind of like very, uh, a similar idea of like, okay, well, I got to get my body used to sleeping in, not in the bed. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm I'm useless. Like. If I'm if I'm cranky, it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at least I knew I wasn't going to be eating. So no matter how much I practiced starving, I wasn't going to starve myself for 40 days. 
and that wouldn't be useful for me. So I figured I'll do the starving in the game, mm-hmm. but I'm going to know how to sleep because if I'm going to be hungry, at least I'm not going to be tired. That's, that's too many struggles. It's a lot. All right. So, you know, other than your determined personality, did you practice starting fire before you went out to play? I did. Um, and I wasn't good at it. <laughs> I wasn't good at um, it. But um, I did practice starting fire. I practiced trying to do different puzzles. Um, and I practiced also being hot. So I'd like sit in the sauna and in the steam room for long periods of time. Wow. Um, but really what I should have been practicing is just being around a bunch of people that I wouldn't normally choose to be around and how to navigate that. So that's why I have a job. <laughs> how would you do that? Yeah. So you go like, uh, go find like a workplace. <laughs> yeah. You just work a job and you just deal with people that are different from you. Um, and, and, and just learn how to navigate them because people are people and all of them are crazy mm-hmm. in their own special way. So yeah. Yeah. A job, a job is really helpful with, with the social thing. Yeah. That's uh, Michaela, you should teach like a survivor uh, boot camp. <laughs> you know what? I could probably charge some money for it. I, I should. <laughs> Set one up. I'll be, a, I'll be a guest lecturer. <laughs> hey, Rob, do you think this would be a good time since we were talk- she was just talking about her fire still so we can hear how she saved the life of, of her tribe? Is this uh, a good time to play your your sh- Sure, sure. Uh, whose life did she save? Uh, Hannah's. Okay. All right. Let me let me see if we have uh, this uh, queued up. All right. Here's your friend okay. a- and mine, Hannah Shapiro. Hey, Rob, T-Bird, and the one and only Michaela. What is there to say about Michaela? So many things. I loved spending my swap tribe time with Michaela. We were on a terrible beach filled with trash where production was all in mosquito nests. My feet had swollen up to triple the size because of the bugs, but Michaela kept me laughing. We chatted. And most importantly, I have a memory of laying in the hot sand wondering, is this how I die? When Michaela managed to start the fire and save us all. So thank you, Michaela, for saving our tribe from complete uh, Lee washing into the Fiji waters and it was so much fun to hang out with Michaela in Vegas at CC's birthday and I hope we cross paths again soon. Have fun podcasting. Yeah, Michaela. Yeah, a lot of work. I'm gonna have to Yeah. I'm gonna text everybody and say hi and thank you. Um that was a big deal that you got the fire started. Uh did you practice that too before you went out there? Yeah, I practiced starting fire a little bit, but I I didn't I wasn't that confident in my ability uh, because it really depends on which flint and which little strikey thing you had. Mm-hmm. So um, starting fire at Ikabula, it was one of those very necessary but very challenging things to do. Um, and when we finally got it, I mean, that brought me to tears. So that that was a that was a good moment. And Michaela, so I also mentioned um, in your opening that you were really had started wanting to be on the Amazing Race. That's how, how mm-hmm. you started. And um, so 
had you auditioned for the Amazing Race or sent a tape in for the Amazing Race, or did they automatically just say, "Oh, this girl is Survivor material"? <laughs> so I I went to the live um, casting for the Amazing Race, which is basically just standing in front of the camera for thirty seconds and then going home. Um, and then I also sent in a video. Um, and then they, I, I received an email about Survivor a couple months later, and I, I thought it was a joke. So I posted on Facebook, like, ah, look at these scammers. I didn't even apply for that show. Um, and then I got an email that was like, oh, by the way, don't post anything about receiving this email. So I deleted it, and I figured it must be real. So, yeah, I guess it's the same the same people doing the recruiting. I guess they yeah. figured I'm weird enough to be on Survivor. How was your experience going through casting? Um, the experience going through casting, I mean, I guess it was a good experience. I honestly didn't really know what I was getting into. Like, all I knew was Survivor, if you win, you get a million dollars. And I was like, oh, really? And what do you have to do? Stay outside, um, starve, and do challenges. All right, I can handle that for, for a month. So it was that simple to me. I completely underestimated the the social part of the experience. Like I wasn't prepared to, I don't know, like manipulate, lie, that type of thing. I thought you can just be good at the challenges, um, you know, starve and handle staying outside. I thought it was a you game, but it's not really a you game. It's like a everybody else game. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a social game. Um, so that's the piece that, I wasn't as prepared for, and um, yeah, yeah. But the casting process was was fine. I was just following directions the whole time. <laughs> it, was it were there any standouts of the people you were with of any memories or first impressions of the cast that you played with on Millennials versus Gen X? Um, let me see. I remember Hannah from casting. Um. You know, uh, who else do I remember from casting? There was a lot of people that didn't make it on the show. But uh, I can tell you a little about the casting process that was interesting. So my frugality came out there. (laughs) So they had us in this hotel. And, you know, you just stay in your room. They tell you you can't talk to anybody except the producers. And then they bring you out at random times, like for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and exercise. It's kind of like being in jail, I guess. And so I, they give you a certain amount of per diem. And my previous job, I had per diem. And there it's like, if you, if you don't use it, you keep it. And so I asked them, hey, do, if I don't use my per diem, do I get to keep it? And they were like, yes. I was like, bet. I'm going to make money on this hotel trip. So in the morning, <laughs> in the morning, they give you like, bread and no in the in the evenings at dinner they give you rolls with your dinner so i would like hoard rolls and then bring them to breakfast in the morning and ask for like the jelly because the jelly is free and so i'd eat you know jelly on a roll for my breakfast so i don't have to pay for breakfast and then at breakfast i would take like apples and stuff and at lunch, I'd order something and ask for a side of peanut butter so I could have a free snack, apples and peanut butter. So I was saving my per diem money. And people were watching me, like, randomly stealing apples from the displays. Uh, and I, I thought it was funny. So that, that, that's my casting story. 
Another wow. interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Michaela, let me just, Michaela, let me, before you tell that, let me just say this. I mean, you put yourself through school working two to three jobs, paying off all your student loans. So this was not unlike things that you had been doing in your past. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't ever at hotels stealing apples, but, you know, I love to find ways to save money, even now. Um, it's, it's just exciting to me when I'm able to save money, like get what I want without paying full price. But I don't, I don't set coupons. Like that's just doing too much. Yeah. Not like like your friend Sandra. She's an extreme (laughs) couponer. Yeah, I can't do that. That's just too much. That's, that, that's too much work. But I like just like short term creative ways of making money that, that excites me. So. Yeah. All right, what's your other what's your other casting story? Um, this was actually like the first day of <laughs> Okay, two more. So one is Ponderosa's story. So this is the first time we see everybody that's going to be, you know, in the game, but we don't understand really what's going on. So they have us in Ponderosa. Again, we're all sitting in this big room all day, but you can't talk. And it's like, what do you do? And I'm introverted. So I don't want to just stare at people and try to communicate with my eyes or anything like that. So I just decided I'm going to sleep through the whole Ponderosa because we're not going to, I'm not going to stress myself out trying to figure out what's going on here. So just every day I would go into the big dining hall area and just pull together three or four stools and sleep on them. And I slept through Ponderosa. So that was that. And people, we, we used to laugh about that uh, uh, on the Millennial Tribe. Um, but then the third one was when the game finally started. They like, they wake you up at the crack of dawn, like before the crack of dawn. They give you your clothes that you're going to wear in the game. You haven't even seen them before. Um, and then they, they pat you down and make sure you don't have anything. Well, we have been at Ponderosa so long with no watch, no phone, no nothing. I didn't quite know what day it was, but I knew it was about that time for like a monthly situation to happen. So I was trying to hoard some some monthly situation supplies and they took them from me like, you're not allowed to have anything. And we spent hours driving around on boats and we finally land on the beach and... I feel a little feeling in my stomach and I realize, yep, it's that time. And so I'm trying to like get Jeff to stop talking. He's doing his, come on in guys, we're going to have our first, you know, whatever the stuff he does talking, trying to explain the first challenge. I'm trying to interrupt him like, excuse me, uh, hello. And he's like, Michaela, I'm already trying to talk and I haven't even sent the instructions. And I was like, I'm on my period. <laughs> and what did Jeff I say? Everything yeah. go handle me. <laughs> yeah, what did Jeff say? But Kayla, you you had such a great, awesome relationship with Jeff with your comments the whole time with him. Yeah, what Je- did he Jeff say said, when you said So that? Michaela, is this a millennial thing just telling everybody when your period is starting? <laughs> Gen Xers, would you he do really that? He was getting into me. He was really getting into me. Like, look, Michaela's already trying to ask a question. Millennials don't know how to wait. Blah, blah, blah. And then I finally just was like, I'm on my period. And I need a tampon. <laughs> and, and then they were like, well, cut. Everybody cut. And everyone had to pause. And, some, and producer people were running around trying to find tampons. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was the beginning of a great relationship. <laughs> 
That's great. Hey, Michaela, I have a Ponderosa story for you that somebody shared with me that was with you at Ponderosa. This is a beautiful story. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay, I love this. This was this is this is heartwarming. So, this is I'm quoting the whole thing she told me. So, I made notes of everyone once we arrived at Ponderosa. Initial expression, initial impressions. Here is what I thought of Michaela. Quote, love her. She was waving at people on the bus like a child. Everyone she saw. It was really cute. And she jumped up and down about something, end quote. Pegged her to be about 24. Once I read this, I was right back there on the bus that was bringing us through Fiji to a boat. She was sitting right in front of me, and I could see her reflection in the window, which allowed me to see her waving at everyone we drove past. She had a wide smile the whole time. I love getting to see such a genuine moment. She wasn't focused on the people who are about to play this game. She was in all of her surroundings and the Fijian people. What I saw was not the hardcore badass, tell it like it is, Michaela, that we all got to see in the game. I just saw her. And it was beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. Guess who said that about you? That I sounds like it. Sunday. Nope. Not Sunday. Jessica Lewis. Jessica. Oh. Yeah, I didn't even get to yep. play with Jessica. We were never on the same tribe together. But she, this was her first impression of you, you know, so childlike and so, so honest and so true about you. And, so anyway, after she sent me this, I thought, Rob, Shane Powers, have I got a ghostwriter for you? Just the way she wrote mm-hmm. this, I thought. It was just so moving. So that was from Jessica. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to have to say thanks, Jessica. Yeah, it was, I mean, I had never been to Fiji before, and, and I didn't know what to expect about anything. I didn't even know I was going to Fiji until they walked us through LAX airport and we were getting on the plane. And it said that we were going to Fiji. Um, and actually, there were people on the plane that I knew who were going on vacation in Fiji, and it was very. Uh, uh, well, what are you, Michaela? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, I think that was game changers. Actually, people people were that I knew were on my plane to Fiji, mm-hmm. and I was like trying to act like, like it was so scary. Mm-hmm. But anywho, yeah. So no, Not I Zeke, was right? just enjoying yeah. the moment. Yeah, no, I was I was really enjoying the moment, and and I'd never looked up Fiji before. Like by the time you know where you're going, you don't have a phone, you don't have internet, and I was I, I never knew anything about that whole country. But I stepped off the plane, and the people were so warm and welcoming, and they looked like me. Um, they thought my mom was from there when she went on the loved ones visit the next season, and and you know the little kids were could see us in the bus. And um, so I'd wave at them and they'd wave back and they'd get so excited. It was just, it was just an experience. I was just soaking in everything. Like I said, I never, I didn't realize that most people's mindsets going into Survivor was, you know, in opposition to other people. That's just not how my brain normally works. So, you know, um, thanks to Jessica, because I am a nice person when I'm not intense. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you- so, Michaela, how do you think you would have done on Amazing Race? And who is going to be your partner, your sidekick? <laughs> I think I think I would have done really well because I can figure stuff out on the fly. And I work 
well with people that I choose to work with. Um, so my partner originally was going to be the person that um, I was in a relationship with. We, we broke up shortly after applying together, which mm-hmm. is why I sent in my own video. But um, we know each other really well. And we were very complimentary. Like he was an engineer. Um, and so the skills I didn't have, he definitely did language like I knew some Spanish he knew some little bit of Chinese to get around and he's very social so he could talk to anybody um but we talk in different we we have different forms of communication or different styles of communication but I think we would have done really well but I think I can do well on Amazing Race with any partner that's good uh I can I can do well all right. When you say good, you mean in challenges or socially or uh, navigating navigating say, around the country? I would say good as in like has a doesn't get frazzled easily, um, like has a chill demeanor, but also is athletic um, and either will let me lead or is smarter than me. Like one of the two. Um, All right. So, Michaela, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know during Millennials versus Gen X or when you played Game Changers that that, that you really didn't realize about yourself? Um, I, I wrote a whole book of learning. Not a whole book, a whole journal entry. I would say, what did I learn? Well, and I'm different for a reason. Um like I, I am genuinely different from a lot of people. Uh, so I learned that. Um, I also learned that like, I am not a manipulative type of person. Like I'm, I'm just straight transparent and that that's going to come with its own challenges, but there's value in having some range in your transparency and your, directness in your style of communication so i really learned the importance of developing some range without compromising on my values because before i was like i'm this way but now it's like you know this way feels natural to me um that way you know is not in alignment with my values but there's a spectrum in between this and that and it's in my best interest to learn how to move up and down the spectrum and I and I did read where you said you became more sympathetic to mm-hmm. to people, you know, people on the streets or homeless people. And I thought that was a very strong, you know, a beautiful thing to learn. Yeah. Um, oh, I also learned about mental health issues. Like I I never knew anything about mental health challenges. Um you know, when Hannah had that anxiety attack or panic attack, I could not sympathize with her in the moment. I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, how is this woman, you know, having an issue over there? Like, why are medics attending to her and she's sitting on the sidelines? Like, what what is going on and why don't you hurry up and get over it? Because I'm hot and I'm standing in the sun and you're in the shade falling out from watching. Um <laughs> So I really, I I didn't know the word anxiety. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, you know, really know any of these challenges until I started having them after doing Survivor. And um, it really made me recognize that 
every everything in life is not super simple for everyone. And, you know, mental health challenges are like invisible, invisible disabilities. Um, you can see somebody in a wheelchair and empathize with the challenges that they might have, you know, getting around or going up steps, you know, but you can't see the challenge that somebody might be having with a social interaction or with how they feel about themselves or the day. So that, that was a big learning for me as, as well. Something that, you know, yeah, that was, uh, Michaela, you know, just being empathetic to people. And, and that's really, that's, you know, looking at the diversity campaign that's touched so many of us to understand maybe you don't think you think you understand what people go through but you're not them and you don't understand it have you have you been part of the diversity campaign um yeah i was a part of some conversations and prior to that actually like actually right after my first finale um i spoke with the the psychologist from the show and worked with them to write a letter to Jeff about the the lack of diversity at the finale, not in the cast, but in the people that work behind the scenes, um, mm-hmm. you know, in production and how that had an impact on me and how my finale experience went. Specific to the finale, Michaela, not and not just over for the mm-hmm. season overall? Yeah, this was specific to the finale. So this happened, you know, when whenever we aired 2016, 2017. Um, yeah, I, I I wrote him a letter and it was basically basically what it was with all the makeup artists were white. Um, their uh, specialty was in doing skin of white people. Yes. And so here I am, like Cece, she made a big deal about it before the finale even happened. I thought she was being extra, but Cece got up at like 3 a.m. in the morning drove way out of town to somebody that she trusted and then got her makeup done and her hair done and then drove all the way back. So she was up hours before call time. Mm -hmm. Me, I don't really even wear makeup that much. I'm like, why are you being so extra? You know, but (laughs) I go sit in the chair and I'm talking to the lady and no, she, they, they don't do makeup for black people. They don't even have colors that match non-white skin tones right have no idea what to do with my hair clearly um and and so i felt really uncomfortable with the makeup that she put on me but i don't know makeup so i didn't have words to articulate it and i would go i was going around like well, you know does this look right does this look right and everybody's like yeah it looks great and i find one black person so there were two black people working behind the scenes both of them like stage manager and i found and one of them was a woman and I found her right before we went on air. And I was like, hey, what does my face look like? Does this makeup look right? And she was like, oh, you you just have the wrong shade. Like, that's not that's not the proper shade for you. And I was like, finally, somebody who knows. So, anywho, yeah. my, I barely took any pictures. I looked like casket ready the first uh, <laughs> finale. <laughs> because, I did. I looked like I should be in a casket. That was that was kind of traumatic. Yeah. And so, but anyway, I wrote that letter and I, I, I shared it, you know, with some parallels to just, just other life experiences. And I was really appreciative of how they took that to heart because the finale for game changers, it was a complete different experience 
there was diversity backstage. There was diversity behind the scenes from the security to the makeup people to, um, you know, just random people back there. And so, you know, I appreciated that. And I am grateful that, you know, some of the other survivors have, you know, start helped to, to show like how important it is to have diversity all around the scenes from the cast to the production, to the people influencing the stories, because all of that impacts the experience that, um, we have on the show and the experience that we're giving to the to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that I'm all I'm all for I'm all for diversity. Yeah. Well, that's great that they were receptive uh, to what you had to say. That's great. Yeah, I was I was very that- I was very grateful that they were open to that and re- and actually responded with action. Yeah. versus like words. And that was in May of 2017. So that's great. That's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Michaela, do you own a TV now? Because I know back in the day when you were playing, <laughs> you didn't have a TV set. You'd go yeah. to the house to watch the show. Do you have a TV now? I have a TV now. I barely use it, but it is in my living room. I do not have a TV in my room, though. Yeah. Not necessary. Michaela, can I ask you about something that uh, I think we've we've always wanted to know, because I think that this has been a, a theory that has been out there for a while about that. Were you the, the first person to come into Survivor and really have this idea of I am going to create gifable moments on the show <laughs> that people will use on social media because uh, I, I just love to know, was that your plan or was that just something that no. happened? No. Okay. No. If, look, if that was my plan, I would have found a way to monetize that because I've had so many people send me pictures of me sipping tea and swinging my hair. Um, no. So all of that was from game changes and basically, you know, my, I was trying to conceal that I'm smart and I know what's going on. And the best way I knew how to do that sometimes was just not talk. Um, and so in key moments where you had people that just swore up and down that I was going home and thought they were running everything and were treating me poorly, instead of arguing with them or, you know, saying something to them, I just let them be on their high horse all day. And then wait till I get to tribal council when I know what's going on and they're about to get blindsided. And I let them know non-verbally that I had a hand in them going home. Uh, so that's what I would do from eating popcorn or sipping my tea or mm-hmm. what have you, swinging my head. That, that's what I was doing, like yeah. showing that person, hey, you thought you were on top of the world and you thought you think I'm the dumb, lazy one. Yeah, but I know something you don't know, and by the way, you know your 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 torch is getting stuff. Not goodbye. Nobody um, else has ever done done anything like that. Nobody's ever brought like props to tribal council to <laughs> d- do like a like uh, like when you brought the coffee cup. Uh, that's never happened. <laughs> or I'm since bold. looking back at it, it's funny. Uh, and you know what? The one tribal that I didn't have a snack or a prop, that's when I went home. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning like some things are my, they're my, they're my secret idols. I'm, I always need a snack or something. <laughs> 
Can I ask you, but with that tribal council, did you know that Sandra was uh, eating the sugar uh, to frame you to get JT worked up? Did she share any of that with you? No, I had no idea until at tribal, I said, I still don't know who ate the sugar. Mm-hmm. And Sandra was like, it was me. I had no idea. And that's why it was so interesting to me when JT was just so adamant at camp that I was taking all the sugar. I thought he was joking at first. I'm like, I don't even drink coffee. There's no way that you think that I'm eating the sugar. And over the course of the day, when the conversation didn't die down, I started to realize, yeah, this this dude is really crazy. Like he really thinks that I ate that. But what's wrong with him? But I didn't think anything of it because I'm like, why is it so deep? It's it's sugar, first of all. But second of all, I didn't do it. And I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So when I found out that Sandra did that to just pour gasoline on the fire, uh, I was like, see, that's that's why she's the queen. Like she knows how to she knows how to create chaos and and just do what she does really well. She's Sandra's a genius. Uh, so I had no idea. Uh, but I was glad to know, like, okay, I'm not crazy because clearly it wasn't me. All right, we will get right back to talking with Michaela and T-Bird. But first, I want to take a moment and thank one of our sponsors here today. Those are our friends over at Honey. It's the browser extension that saves you money. You can get it for free at jointhoney.com slash R-H-A-P. We're all shopping online, and we've seen that promo code that taunts us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, we will uh, not be manually searching for coupon codes anymore. Honey, it's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one and adds it to your cart. Honey, they support over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech, gaming products, to fashion brands, even food delivery. Now, imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you hit the checkout, the Honey button pops out, boop, boop, uh, and then you have to hit the apply coupon button and it's the best feeling because you are pulling that slot machine lever and then it's going to cycle through all the different coupon codes until it finds one and it's going to find the one that saves you the most money if it's out there you don't have to do the searching look if it's not there it's not there but if it is it will find it uh nicole and i we love the honey browser extension uh we've recently doing some uh back to school shopping for the kids we're not supposed to say uh, where we are saving the money, but let's just say it wasn't uh, the new army website, okay? And we saved a lot of money on clothes for Dominic to go back to school. Uh, thank you uh, for that, honey. Uh, you could be doing it too. Check out uh, why 17 million members have saved over $2 billion. If you don't have it already, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and it's all in seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and supporting Robert's podcast. I'd never recommend something I don't use. We use it all the time. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash RHAP. That's joinhoney.com slash RHAP. Taylor, what's your biggest pet peeve? Because I've, I've, I've got a few. <laughs> I think I do have a few. Uh, when people don't just come out and say what they're trying to say, like people dance around topics, um, people lying is still a pet peeve to me. Um, let's see. When people stand really close to me, maybe that's a COVID pet mm-hmm. peeve, but I'm like, we're in a, we're in an international pandemic. Ooh. 
Get out! Like, why are you so close? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and for some reason, Michaela, I thought you were going to say that one of your biggest pet peeves is somebody that smacks their gum. You just look like that would make you crazy. <laughs> no, I just, I just walk away. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to stand close to somebody smacking gum. Yeah. I can remove myself. But yeah, if you, if you just, you know, have you ever been around those people that you know maybe you're in a public space, like at the grocery store, and they stand too close to you in line? And then you make an exaggerated step forward or something, and they just completely miss the hint, and they like step closer to you, and you almost have to just um, look at them in the eyes and then step away from them to keep them away with your eyeballs, like that. I mean, or I guess I could just communicate, like, "Hey, could you please give me six feet? Thank you." Yes. Okay. So, Michaela, does that does that mean you don't like to be touched either? I like to no, be touched by people you- that I like. Hmm. Okay, people that I like. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue to talk about something that I thought was so hilarious uh, to go back and rewatch with your reaction to when Figgy and Taylor are hooking up during uh, Survivor Millennials versus Gen X, because uh, that's very rare. Uh, There's not many times that Survivor players have been making out on the show. (laughs) Yeah. I would I would expect that when you haven't brushed your teeth or bathed mm-hmm. or changed your clothes, yeah. that you would not be trying to have intimate moments. Yes. So to me, that was disgusting. Yes, that, and that, that's what you said. Uh, this was this was the clip. In the middle of the night, I hear a kiss sound, and I was like, "Y'all can't be for real. You stink. Your mouth is nasty. You got sand in your drawers, and you kissing somebody. That's disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> And it's disgusting to me. I can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about sand in the drawers. Yeah. You got sand everywhere. Yeah. You got sand everywhere. And you kiss it. And stuff. what? I, I can't imagine. I can't. But you know, I guess when the urge calls, the urge calls. I guess so. Uh, I guess so. Uh, but Michaela, I thought it was so interesting then. It, I think it's that same episode where then uh, you decide that, okay, you know what? I- I'm going to vote with them. That I, I thought that that was uh, so interesting in uh, hindsight to go back and watch that episode. Uh, why did you end up uh, working with them for the time being? Oh, because if... if- if it had not been for the vote flipping to Mari, the vote was going to be for me. Mm-hmm. And there were not enough numbers for Adam, Mari, and Zeke to do anything. Because if it was Adam, Mari, Zeke, myself, you couldn't trust Hannah because she was playing both sides. Yeah. So the safest, the best way for me to be safe was to vote with the biggest block. And that meant, you know, sending Mari home. Mm-hmm. So that that was the only reason. <laughs> It was her or me. Yeah. Michaela, are you watching are you watching Big Brother? I've never watched Big Brother before, but I've met some Big Brother people and I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, so on Big Brother, yeah, on Big Brother they're doing it instead of playing solo, they're playing in teams of four. Right, Rob? <laughs> that is correct. So, yes. Where are you going with this T Bird? They're playing teams of four. All right, so this is where I'm going. So so Michaela, I wanted you to pick um, Survivor Millennials versus Gen X are going to play in teams of four. Pick your other three that you pick that would be your team on Millennials versus Gen X. 
what three other people are you going to let are you going to play with okay they have to be from my original cast and they're going to get to be on my team my tribe yep you're you're playing in teams of four you're the team okay. leader you're going to be the queen so what three are you mm-hmm. going to pick to have a strong okay, team okay i'm going to bring chris from the from the gen xers mm-hmm. i'm going to bring Hammond. chris hammond yes yep i'm going to bring chris I'm gonna bring Jay. Um, Jay, all right, great. I'm gonna bring. Let's see, I'm looking. I'm looking. Got one more. That's two guys. You gotta have a girl. Two guys, two girls. I okay. Don't the next one's gotta be a girl, female. I'm, look, I'm looking in my girls. Ooh, ooh. Let's see. I'm probably gonna say Michelle. Okay. Yeah, I'll take Michelle. Interesting. Jay, Michelle, okay. and Chris Hammond. Yes. Uh, All right. Can All I, right, perfect. Can I ask you about uh, your relationship with Jay following uh, the season? That Did you and Jay ever patch things up, or are you still upset with him for uh, making a, a stupid move, as you said at the time? <laughs> oh, it's, it's all water on the bridge now, like... It, in the moment, I could not understand it at all, and I took it so personally because, again, I I thought like, "Hey, we're in this together. We can go to the end." I wasn't thinking like, "I don't feel like he can beat me." Um, so in the moment, I was so upset about it, and honestly, I didn't get closure for months because I went immediately and played Game Changer. So I I I thought that you know, oh, this person was playing me this whole time. But um, after I came back from Game Changers and and started to connect with uh, my original cast, uh, definitely Jay and I had a chance to talk, and he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Okay, blah blah blah. blah. So Jay is good in my book. Um, but you know, I don't think I don't I, any other games I play. I'm gonna have to not be so trusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, not be so trusted, but we. But Jay is good in my book. Yeah, but that's such an incredible moment. The uh, tribal council where that happens, and I, I think it's really like a, one of the most powerful uh, survivor tribal councils that they've had on the show in the last ten years. Just between the reaction that you have uh, when you see the third vote, and then you look at him. Uh, and you ask him if he did that, and then his response back to you of, uh, yeah, I did that. Uh, it's just uh, really amazing stuff. Yeah, he, he he knew to speak without moving his body at all, because my first instinct was definitely mm-hmm. to have more than a friendly conversation. Yes. Well, you said you hate when people don't say what they mean. So at least like he was honest. At least yeah. he was truthful there. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Hey, he took it like a champ. He told the truth. Will was shaking in his boots the whole time. Yeah. Hannah was like, it wasn't me. And I'm like, Hannah, I know it wasn't you. Yeah. But I, I think I most people who could have done this. Uh, most survivors, I think McKay yeah. would be like, I don't know. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It must have been, been you. It wasn't yeah. me. So at least he owned <laughs> up to it. Uh, <laughs> and you know, like I said, in hindsight, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um and that's that's why he made it far in the game. Like he he's a survivor. Mm-hmm. He's a survivor buff. He knew what he needed to do to advance or that's what he felt he needed to do to advance himself. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, it's it's all good. Like I understand now, it's a game, but it's a game that people are playing for themselves to win. Yeah, um, and if they think that I'm not a part of the the 
calculation to help them win. And that makes me someone that needs to get voted off. So I get it. So we got another message for you, Michaela. Okay. Your season of Millennials versus Gen X, of course, game changes, but this cast is phenomenal. I mean, really phenomenal. You are blessed to play with so many remarkable people and vice versa. So I reached out to a few people and they got back with me immediately about you for you for this podcast. And that speaks volumes of what they think about you. So, okay, Rob. Ready for the next one, if you are. Okay, here's uh, from another one of your tribe members, Michaela. Hey, T-Bird and Rob Sestanino. How are you? It's Brett LaBelle calling in. <laughs> Hope you're all doing well. Long time no talk. Uh, Rob, congratulations on the move. T-Bird, been flying your Delta a lot lately. I really enjoy it. Got to say, love the TVs, the extra space. They upgrade me all the time. I like it. Can't get this is a commercial T Bird. Hey, I didn't I didn't mention I'm talking totally talking about Michaela, but I'm loving the plug. I'm loving the plug. Okay. Continue, carry on. Enough of it. Flying those Delta friendly skies. Anyway, T Bird reached out to me and asked me to uh speak up and talk about my time on the island with my good friend Michaela. And I couldn't be more happy to call in because I love Michaela. We went through a lot out there on that Ikabula Island where we first met, and we had one hell of a first night out there. And I love Michaela because, um, you know, we competed in many challenges together, uh, trying to um, get further in the game together. And I'll tell you right now, uh, that whole crew was extremely close out there on Ikabula. I don't know why. I don't understand it, but we all got really close. We all really cared for each other. And there was nothing Michaela can't do from every challenge where she crushed it and when i say crushed it i mean she dominated the competition uh it was crazy and i could see totally why they want to have her on the challenge because uh when michaela puts her mind to something there's nothing she can't do and an example of that is when we were out on ikabula i think we were out there for about 24 hours and we couldn't get fire going uh, so we had no water because you couldn't boil water and any you know, we couldn't go out catching fish to try and eat anything or, or snails because we didn't have anything to boil it with. So we were really down the dumps. We were attacked by flies all night. The re- that that Ikabula Beach was really horrible. Um, but I think that's why it brought us all so close together. Um, anyway, the first night, we couldn't get fired, couldn't get fired. The next morning, Jay and I worked hours and Will. We all worked hours of trying to get fire everyone took a turn sunday as well and hannah even rooted us on so you know it was a it was a group effort um jay gets so frustrated he can't do it he just gets frustrated and walks away from it i started to do it i couldn't get it going i was getting lots of sparks but i couldn't get it going so all of a sudden michaela says well can i have a try and i'm like yeah you know what i'm tired go ahead give it a whirl and she would not stop with us with the the flint and the thing and they kept the sparks and she was getting a lot of spark and finally boom the fire hits and she throws the, she throws the thing down and she starts yelling and screaming so jay jumps in he starts putting more stuff on it and all of a sudden we had a fire 
which uh, stayed with us for the rest of our time at, at Ikabula. But I'll tell you, she, when, when, when she got the fire, she jumped up, she ran to the woods because she started crying. For, and, and it was tears of joy because we were all so miserable. And, and the only person that could bring us out of that was Michaela when she got the fire going. And I could feel the um, emotion as well because I was so happy for her because I could see how much it meant to her that she was the one that actually was able to get fire. And, and it, it really saved us because we were all just down in the dumps, just really, really. And I know T-Bird and Rob, you both have been out there. You know what it's like to hit those lows. And when 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 somebody can bring you out of it, uh, it just really, really does amazing things to people. So it's one of my favorite scenes uh, watching uh, in my season when I watched it. <clears throat> and uh, and I still love watching it today, uh, just seeing the emotion and, and the joy it brings to Michaela when she made the fire. So that's one of my favorite Michaela's stories. Another favorite story of mine is when she came to my house to visit and uh, she stayed in my spare bedroom and she loved the mattress so much. So I told her, <laughs> Michaela, listen, you work hard, you're making money, go out and get yourself a nice mattress. And I remember uh, a couple weeks later, <laughs> Michaela, Michaela uh, called me from the mattress store and wanted to know what mattress I bought and everything. So I helped her best I can. I hope, I hope Michaela... <laughs> Uh, you found the mattress you were looking for. Anyway, hope you guys are all doing well. Michaela, can't wait to watch you on the challenge. You're going to crush those folks. Those guys don't even know what's coming. They look at you. They think you're an innocent, kind person. And then you stomp on them. You push them to the ground. You crush their dreams and you run in for the win. I can't wait to watch. This is going to be so much fun. I hope you do great. Take care. And I hope to see you soon when this is all over. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Wow. Okay. No. <laughs> Yay. That was awesome. so nice. Okay. This is like a Saturday pick me up. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, happy. Aww. That's what, that's, uh, what it is talking to T-Bird. Yeah. Michaela, I mean, again, so many, all these beautiful memories from your castmates. And I know, I mean, you can't help but have a bond with everybody. It just stays with you forever and ever. So very neat. Yeah. Very neat. Michaela, when does the challenge start? Uh, the challenge starts August 11th. Okay, around August the corner. Two, August 11th. August 11th. Michaela, how are you training? How are you training? What are you doing? Uh, are you well, sleeping in your car? Are yeah. you sleeping in your car? <laughs> no, I'm going you back a new to mattress. Um, I, I am on that mattress, so I did buy a mattress after visiting Brett, and it changed my life. So if you're on a dusty old mattress from college, throw it in the trash, buy a new one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no. If you're on I, an old mattress. I'm disgusting. Come on. Get a new one. <laughs> get a new one. Be an adult. Yeah. Tell that uh, mattress. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> walking around as an adult with a mattress that was a hand-me-down for my cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I work out, um, I do hit training, I run, that's just staying fit. But, but the same thing is, is true. The challenge is a social game. So going to work every day is training for me, learning how to, you know, be in conversations I don't want to be in, uh, accept or, or respond to things I don't agree with without making it clear that I don't agree Going to work every day is me practicing for the challenge. 
Have you reached out or talked to Natalie? Because I know you really respect and appreciate her. Have you talked to her about the challenge? Yeah, we had a conversation. Natalie is is a stoic woman of very few words, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we have, we've had conversations before, um, but she she's more of an action woman than a words woman. I can tell you that. She give you any good advice, or just shows your muscles, just shows your arms, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like flex, flex. I'm good. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's awesome. <laughs> she's, she's awesome. Like she, she's a straight shooting woman, but she is not going to be on the phone with you for for uh, for an hour talking about anything. <laughs> well, you're a straight shooter yourself. <laughs> you I are. am. I am. There's something about me though that scares some people. I think. I think if you, if certain, certain people, if you have certain insecurities, then just looking at me scares you for some reason. I don't know why. Don't yeah, know but Kayla, about I, yes, you have that. When I when I met you, the only time I met you, you do, you carry that. You kind of carry that. That's why I thought, I think we're getting along great until I stepped on your on your toe and then I'm like, well, there's the, that's the end of that. So, hey, Michaela, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about um, your cat. Y'all had a full cast evacuation. I went on day on the second day uh, due, due to a severe tropical cyclone, Zena. How did that yeah. change the dynamics? How did that change the dynamics of being in the game? Everybody pulled out of the game. What was that like? That didn't happen to us in Africa. So, when having <laughs> weather yeah, like that, it, it was it was it was interesting. It was like a field trip, to be quite honest. Um, we got to go to some type of hotel, but they like stripped the carpet off the floor. They took all the furniture out and tried to make it as uncomfortable as possible. Like they took the mirrors off the wall in the bathroom. They they took the they turned the faucets off so you couldn't get like you couldn't get in the shower or anything. Um, and then they brought you like a bowl of rice. <laughs> So they were committed to keeping you in the game, um, but it was it was just it was an interesting like together moment because you had the whole tribe in a room. Mm-hmm. You could you could talk, but you couldn't speak about anything remotely related to the game. So it kind of just allowed space for a bunch of twenty something year olds to you know to kick it while Whoa. dirty. Um, <laughs> not not like Figgy and Taylor, right? No, no. Our breath was still funky. Our breath was still funky. There was no toothbrushes, but you know, you could just you could just be chill and talk and be be out of the game. And you know, of course, we had like a producer sitting there watching us, making sure we didn't talk about anything. So trying to make them laugh was funny. Um, yeah, it it was just you know a slice of slice of just like being a a homeless human. <laughs> in a shelter for yeah. the night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michaela, thank you so much for coming on with us today. I cannot wait to watch you in the challenge. That is going to be so exciting, and I know you're going to do well. Do you know other people that are going to be on, or do they, do they keep that from you? Um, do I know now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Michelle, Michelle and Tom, Michelle, what's her last name? I don't know her last name. Shiver? Michelle from, no, no, no. Fitzgerald. That's Michelle from my season. Yeah, Michelle. Oh, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. 
Tommy's. Um, they're from Survivor US. There's actually some survivors from other countries that are on. Um, of course, you have your big brother folks, Katie, Fessy, um, Josh. Um, there's big brother people from um, from other countries, from Nigeria, actually, Pacha and, and Esther. Uh, we had like a Love Island person, a lot of dating show people outside mm-hmm. of our CBS uh, Survivor and Big Brother people. And then, you know, your normal MTV The Challenge people that have become staples on that show. So it, it was a, it was a spattering from across the world, but that was that's that's an exciting thing just to see people from so many different countries represented, especially in a time where we haven't been able to travel or get out of the house. So I'm very grateful to have the chance to be a part of uh, season 37 and just get reconnected with the world after all this separation. We can't wait to watch you, Michaela. Thank you so much. Yeah. And start back with your teeth. Start back with your tease with Michaela B. I really enjoyed watching and listening to those. Look, I might have to recruit y'all because y'all made this fun. I was oh. like, what is this podcast? Yes, we're well, happy to hear but that. This was really fun. Yes. Michaela, yeah. uh, any social media plugs or anything you want to tell people to check out? Oh, yeah. You can check me on Instagram and I'll probably be starting back up. If it's tea with Michaela B or some other thing on YouTube, so just check at the Michaela B on Instagram and uh, we'll be following the challenge and also maybe following the next season of Survivor. Okay. All right. Michaela, this was so much fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. And thanks for lunch. I mean, it was delectable. (laughs) Yes, you got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank your agent. Yeah. Thank your high dollar agent. My high dollar agent. Yeah. I'm like, baby, you're not outrageous. It's a good one. Okay. Thank you, Michaela. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. And good luck. And good luck on the challenge. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Bye, Michaela. All right, T Bird. Uh, there you have it, Michaela Bradshaw. How about that? Yeah. She was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Very fun. So- so much, so much respect for her. She is. And again, you know, Rob, we see when we see them play. And of course, we've got to see her twice. But when I start reading and learning about her, I have so much respect for her. She is an awesome, awesome mm-hmm. girl. No, I could tell She's from your intro now, but- that uh, how you feel. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. So I guess we don't need to recap that again. But she was just Again, playing at 25 years old, and, and I did say she's was well above her 25 years, and I really admire her a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. I didn't know if we could actually say anything about her being on the challenge, so I'm so glad we were able yeah. to, to mention that. So Everybody should be excited, yeah. I think she'll do great on it. I hope so. I think she'll do great. Sure. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, T-Bird, what's next so. for you? Well, it's, it's summer, summer flying. So we got to be able to be out there and get bread as yeah, upgrades, you, you know, on Delta. Brett so Brett wherever he needs to go. <laughs> that's right. Making sure they're, he's upgraded to the front, though. Yes. That's the big thing. So just flying and just trying to get through the summer and, and that's it. Oh, listen to this. this is Rob, this is kind of funny. So I was in the Jacksonville airport last weekend. I was working and then I got back home and then somebody sent me a message, um, a fan. 
and said, hey, T-Berg, were you in the Jacksonville airport? I'm like, yes, I was. I just got back home. And they said, I thought it was you. I'm like, why didn't you come up and say something to me? So I think he said something like, well, I didn't want to bother you. So for anybody that happens to run into me into any airport you love it. in the country, yeah. I would love it them to come up to me absolutely so yes please please do okay what about on the flights do people ever spot you on the flights they do a lot of times because of my voice Mm -hmm. yeah the voice kind of gives it away Mm -hmm. so yeah they do it's it is so much fun because rob 20 it's been 20 years yeah it's been 20 years so it's it's really neat do they know your voice from the podcast or from the uh survivor survivor okay Usually from Survivor. And then, of course, you know, they mentioned that they're listening to, I think the, the guy that saw me in Jacksonville actually listens to the, to the talking with T-Bird. Yeah. So do people recognize you, Rob, in your new city in North Carolina? No, not once. Has not happened. But I mean, new- I, I don't see that many people. Have you? You don't? No. Okay. No. Well. Have not been spotted. Okay. So how, how are you doing right now? I mean, you're covering Big Brother yeah. and... You're staying busy, yeah, aren't you? How much what Big Brother are you watching? I, I I didn't know where you were going. You started oh, asking Michaela Lord. about Big Brother. Okay, 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 I, okay. So Rob, this is honest to goodness truth. So I've been flying a lot. Yep. So Big Brother started. I was flying. I thought, good. I'm flying. I'm not at home to just flip on the TV. And then when I got home, I realized it was taping from last year. The last time it was on, I'm like, oh. nope, don't even do it. So I just turned it on. I thought, okay, I, I'm not going to get into this year. Because when you get into it, you're either all in or you're all out. And it's three nights a week. And so I turned it on when I had recorded. And I watched that hour and a half of them talking about the cast and showing the the, the impressive, interesting, diverse cast. Yes. Well, that was the end of that. Hooked. 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 Okay. Well, maybe we'll hooked. get you on a Big Brother recap. So anyway, I was hooked. What a great, great group of people. It's a good cast. It's a great group of people. I think it's an amazing cast. I was really, really impressed. Yeah. Well, so what are you thinking? Do you like do you like this team of four? The teams of four, yeah, so far so good. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So anyway, I guess I'm I guess I'm in it. I guess I I got pulled in. You're in. But you know what, Rob? Isn't that just like Survivor? I mean, and like I mentioned to Michaela, the the cast on Millennials versus Gen X, I think, are absolutely phenomenal. I really do. I I impressed with all of them. Isn't that what draws you in? I mean, here that season was number twelve for you. So is it the cast that makes the season, or the season that makes the cast? I I think it's the people. Yeah, it's the people. It's the cast. The players. I think that's fair. Okay, T Bird. So, what's next for you? Yeah. I don't know. I'm waiting for my next assignment from my boss. Okay, Boss, you tell me. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we'll uh, keep T-Bird on the lookout for more great Survivor guests. Uh, T-Bird, where can people follow you on social media? T-Bird Cooper. Yeah. Right? I, I think Probably you always ask me. Sounds, always sounds good. At, um, and then uh, we will have more Survivor this weekend. Of course, uh, be on the lookout for Why Adam Won. If you like more Millennials versus Gen X, he's going to be on with David Bloomberg and Jessica Lewis. I hear that's going to be a supersized episode of the podcast. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. I talked about Millennials versus uh, Gen X on our patron feedback show with Eric Columbia and Katie Smalling earlier this week, I'll be back to talk about the 11th best season of Survivor, Survivor Philippines on Tuesday. I've already started my rewatch, and I'm really enjoying that one, T-Bird. 
Rob, I know you are, but you have got to be looking so forward to this from 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and done. Right? Be honest with me. Am I looking it's forward to the top 10 or am you? I looking forward to being done? Done. Uh, can it be both? Both. Yes, both. It could be both. It can be both. Yes. Because I know this is a whole lot of homework for you. It's a whole lot of homework for you, but we love it, it and we appreciate yeah, you. So thank you. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Uh, I mean, uh, the the good thing is just that uh, you know how much uh, my family appreciates the, all the hard work. That's I mean that's that's really what makes it uh, so fulfilling for me. That just like that. Your 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 RHAP family no, well, or I your mean, family the, the people that, Nicole the people that, and the boys the people that live here that uh, that there's. Uh, uh. You know, they're just so appreciative of dad. Really, you know, you're putting in so much hard work. Or the thank you for doing this for us. And uh, that's what makes it all worthwhile. Oh, that's great. Are you being serious? Uh, they're so serious, T-Bird. That, uh, oh, yes. oh, that's great. I mean, because I... Not a okay, day goes by. I'm they don't all you're, you're tell born- me how much they appreciate, how hard I'm working uh, to make all this happen. So uh, that's... It's, it's, wow. it's, it's beautiful. Yes. And, and Rob, so uh, your Instagram, I've really enjoyed your Instagram. I know Nicole posts a lot, but you guys, y'all, you and Nicole and the boys seem so happy. It, I know that sounds silly to say, but watching y'all out on your outings this summer, and, and even Nicole has commented a few times when I'll comment to her, and I can tell that it's y'all are really happy. So good for y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- well we've deserved. done a lot of family outings deserved. since we've been here. So uh, it's all happening, T-Bird. Uh, looking forward to uh, the next time out. Yeah. What's your next? What's your next? Hey, you're good camping. Have you got a no camping, camping trip planned yet? No camping yet? trip. Okay. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. All right. Uh, thank you All so right, much, good, everybody, good. for listening. Uh, we'll be back next time with more talking with T Bird. Uh, take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. If you stay here and listen, your life won't ever be the same. Cause we're talking with T Bird now. This T Bird. Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and it's hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too. You're busy enough. Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today.